welcome to a traumatised episode of You've Got Mail because guys, I have just had the most traumatising 40 minutes of my entire life. So, I'm home alone at the moment. I am home alone. Home alone, properly home alone. Anna is in Amsterdam and Maisie is in Bristol. Bristol. Amsterdam and Bristol are not nearby. They are very far away. And so, I'm on my own. I'm coming back from work. I, you know, I just like doing my thing. I was doing my state of practical. I was like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. Then I'm like, oh, I'll do a bit of house chores. You know, I'll do some cleaning, clean the kitchen, put the rubbish out. And that's, that's where I fucked up because I put the rubbish outside and the door shut behind me and my front doors that, you know how you have them on conservatories. They're like doors that shut on their own. Well, this shut on its own. And all of a sudden, I go to open it, and I'm like, oh my god, it doesn't open. It doesn't open. We do not have a spare key hidden anywhere. Anywhere, okay? Anna's in Amsterdam, Maisie's in Bristol. I don't even have my phone on me. I don't have a bank card on me. I literally am in my Crocs and my fleece. My Crocs and fleece, people. This is what we are dealing with at the moment. And I was just stood there, and I was like, I've really fucked up. I really actually properly fucked up here. And then I try to put my hand through the, like, letterbox thing. No, obviously my hand can't fit. Nearly got my hand stuck in the door. Then I'm just panicking. And then I remember I have my Apple Watch on my wrist. Thank God for Apple Watches. I think I I, I actually... I don't know what I'd have done if I hadn't have had my watch on me at this point. I think I would have had a small nervous breakdown and cry. I did cry, actually. I had a massive sob. I called Anna and I just burst into tears. I was like, Anna, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, I'm going to be stuck out here forever. She's like, you have two options. You can stay at my friend's or you can, like, get a locksmith. And I was like, oh, no. I was so stressed. I was so stressed. And then after calling my landlord... 15 times and saying my message was so dramatic it was like I need urgent help urgent help I'm locked out and no one can come and get me and I urgently need you to reply he just replied like on my way and I was like oh and then he arrived and he let me back in but that is not all the traumatizing things that have happened today I had the biggest nosebleed of my life in the library It wasn't a small dainty nosebleed, it was a full-on gushing, had to hold it in my hand, was dripping down my arm into my scarf, and I have just washed my scarf, so that pissed me off everywhere, and I was with the kids, and it was just, it wasn't good, although, although, how cute was this, um, the little girl that rang nanny made me a Christmas card, and it was like, to Bella, I'm so grateful, no, she didn't say I'm so grateful, she's only six, I'm so grateful. No, she's like, dear Bella, thank you for being my nanny. I really am glad that you're my nanny. I really like you, which is good. Um, and she's like, I can't wait to see you next term. But for this year, for, but for now, happy Christmas. Thank you. And I was like, Alma, that is beautiful. That is so lovely. Um, and so, yeah, I got a Christmas card from them and that was a cute thing. And other news. Also, I got a refund on my travel card today. And I got £100, which is how much travel card costs. So I don't know why I'm acting so surprised, but like that is incredible. I did a tarot card reading at the beginning of the week on Sunday night. I don't normally do them, but I'm getting into it. I thought I'd try it. And do you know what I got this one? This week, I got like the king of... I can't remember it now. Let, let me... I wrote this all down. I'll tell you which one I got, actually, very specifically. I got... I got, I got, I got... 
the king of pentacles, which means confident at successfully attracting wealth. You will translate your vision into something successful and often lucrative. And look what I got today. I got £100 from that. I got a thank you card, which is equally lucrative in wholesomeness. And I got... I feel like I got more money this week. I got a tax rebate, which I... This is a tip that I didn't know about. You're not allowed, you're not meant to spend your tax rebate. So the, the tax rebate happens if you get, because I think I was on salary for a mere four months and then my internship ended. So I stopped being on salary, but I think I got taxed too much when I was on that because they thought I'd be earning that month, that much for an entire year when I was like, lol, no guys, I'm back to being a poor uni student now. Um, so I got a tax rebate and that was incredible. Um, so this is the week of attracting good things into my life it's going well I think I'm doing okay with living at home on my own I am okay I think this has made me realize that I am like I beforehand I used to be really scared about being on my own in a house or like being really scared about being on my own just on my own whereas now I'm very comfortable with it which has made me feel more positive about like moving on to when I eventually have my own place that's made me feel better about it so that's been good I think I think I have, I don't know, I think I've been good this past week. The only issue is when I am on my own, I really struggle to make boundaries because when there's no one else here, I will just work and work and work and do productive things until, like, really late. Oh, sorry, I don't know what that was. Um, But life update for this week, sorry, I kind of just went straight in with the fact that I got locked out and have just been very traumatised for the past 50 minutes. I'm now currently lying in bed with a hot water bottle and I've got a headache and I've had stress nosebleeds today and I'm just... Guys, I am stressed right now. If any of you know how to use Stata, then get in touch. Please get in touch because I need your help so badly. So badly. But no, on to today's life update. Let me think about what's happened since I recorded the last podcast episode two days ago. Literally, fuck all. I have not done a lot. I'm not going to lie. It snowed on Sunday. It snowed a lot, like thick snow. And so Monday, I made the executive decision that I would be staying at home. And that was lovely. Sometimes you just need to stay at home. Sometimes you just need to have, you know, a working from home day. And so I did that. And then today is Tuesday and I had work. Tomorrow I am, we're going to go to Winter Wonderland. But I don't think we're going to do that anymore. Which is good because I need to save money and I still haven't bought any Christmas presents. Oh my God, I'm leaving this really last minute. I might do a bit of online shopping later on. Maybe I should do a gift giving guide. Oh my God, I don't know. Maybe I could just give everyone You've Got Mail merch. (laughs) It's like silent advertising. (laughs) No, I'm not sure how my dad would feel about a tote bag that says you've got a mail on it. Maybe he'd love it. You never know. You never want to underestimate these things. Sometimes dad's like the weirdest presence, although I don't think he would like that, to be fair. Um, But this week is an exciting week. Oh, I'm going to turn this off. I'm so sorry. Um, I... This week is an exciting week because... I am finishing uni on Friday, which is good. It's a little bit scary, but it is also quite exciting that we're getting to the end of these modules because it's been really hard to balance completing all my modules whilst also having uni. And so it'll be nice to just be able to like properly focus on everything. And tomorrow I'm going into uni and we're like spending time with some friends, like going through the analysis of this practical that we've done. So I feel better about that. And then on, I have two essays to do and I have, what else do I have to do? I have an exam. You will not hear from me after New Year's Day. I will be in isolation study mode because I have an exam on the 4th of January. Who puts an exam on the 4th of January? 
What is wrong with people? It's absolutely disgusting that you'd even think about doing that. But this weekend, Louis coming and we're going to go to the new Printworks venue and we're going to go see the Martinez Brothers and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This is why I have to record the podcast now because I have learned from experience. I cannot record hungover. I can't do it. I have nothing to say to you all. I sit there and I just stare at the microphone and I hate myself. I'm just there like... Why do I even have a podcast? I have nothing interesting to say to people. I am basically alone in my thoughts of emptiness. I'm so dramatic that it's just not a vibe. So that's why we don't record a hungover podcast anymore. That is not what we do. But I think it's going to be an exciting weekend. And then we go home on Monday and I'm going home and I'm so excited. I'm going to go see my dog and my grandparents and I'm going to go running. And these are the top things I want to do when I'm home. I want to go for a run, I want to see my dog, I'm literally just repeating what I just said, I want to see my grandparents, I want to go to the pub and pay a mere, you know, I would be content to pay £4 for a pint, I wouldn't even think that's expensive, if I had to pay £4 for a pint, I'd think, God, let's have three, because that right now, I paid on last Thursday when I went to Maverick Sabre, I thought it was a great deal. I thought it was a great deal, so much so that I showed off to my mum and my nana and I was like, guess how much I paid for a large glass of wine at Coco? They're like, how much did you pay? And I was like, £12. And they were like, what? You paid £12? And I was like, yeah, isn't that like, isn't that a great deal? Like, are you not as impressed as I am? And they were like, no, Bella, that's a rip-off. And I was like, oh, whoopsie-daisy, never mind. So honestly, I'll take anything at this point. I'll take anything that's a bit cheaper than that. But I am so excited to see everyone and I'm excited for a bit of a change of scenery because then when I come back to London, I'll feel really, really like refreshed and good about it all. It's just intense. It's like, I can't believe I'm a third of the way through the masters. I'm a third of the way, guys. I'm halfway. I'm halfway through the modules. That's terrifying. It's very exciting, but it's also weird when you only have a one year course. It's a weird kind of, you, it just goes so fast. It goes so, like, as soon as you feel like you're settling in, like, now I feel like I'm settled, it's change again. And then it's change again, then it's change again. But I am very content with how my life is at the moment. I feel very happy with the people that I'm making friends with and just how everything's going. I feel good about it all. So that's a relief because there was a worry about doing a master's, whether it would have all have worked out. Would I even have liked it? Like, would this have been, because it's a big investment. Like I had to save up a lot of money to come here, like a ridiculous amount of money, which like I didn't realize not to go into it, but like I had to save up a lot of money and it is slowly dwindling. But that is okay because I'm spending it on living in London and that is like what I want to do right now. But it's crazy what other experiences I could have used that money from. I don't like thinking about that, especially when I have just cried because I got locked out of the house. <laughs> That's not what we need to think about right now. But it is crazy. I'm seeing it as an investment in my future though. It, I'm not, it's not that I'm seeing it. It is an investment in my future. Ooh, also, I think I might have found a summer project that I want to do. But I'm keeping it top secret until everything's definite. But... I think I might have found something, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm meeting this lady tomorrow and she works in humanitarian settings in cholera. Um, so that'll be really interesting and I can't... I'm, like, really excited to talk to her about her research. I need to research her tomorrow morning, actually. I'd forgotten about that. Um, but, yeah, life is good this week. You are meeting me on a good week. I feel, like, very calm. Oh, 
this should probably go in the new things I've done this week, but I'm so sorry, I've just been rambling for like 12 minutes about my trail of thoughts, but if you can't tell, I've been on my own a lot today. <laughs> um, but um, what was I going to say? I bought Calm, it's 20 quid. If you want to buy it, don't buy it and just like message me on Instagram because I have a referral code that will get you discount or get me discount and, like please use it if you can. And it's called Calm. Like, you should probably all know about it. My frail housemate told me to buy it, and I was just like, no, I don't need it. And then all of a sudden, I decided very, very... I got a free pass, and just instantly, I was like, I'm going to pay for this. It was only 20 quid. I say only, but for a year-long subscription, I don't think 20 quid's bad. I have had the best night's sleeps I've ever had, apart from last night, because I listened to a story that I didn't like. I re- I thought I could listen to any bedtime story. no. No, I can't. I listened to this one last night about snowy foxes and it was shit. And I was just actually listening because I was kind of intrigued about what was going to go on. So every time I'd start falling asleep, I'd be like, "Mm, what's going to happen next though? I need something where I'm not that bothered about. I have not made it through the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yet. Or it's called like Charlie and the Dream Factory. I have never got all the way through that. I've never got further than 10 minutes. Um, So that is my current favourite one for when I'm trying to fall asleep. That's the best one, I think. So we should probably get onto the topic of this week's podcast, which is going to be about going home and that transition into going home and what going home can mean to you. Because I recorded a video about it and it's something that's very close to my heart, this idea of moving home. like The feelings that are brought up when you realise that you are going home and how that can make you feel. But anyway, on to this week's topic. So today we are talking about moving home and what that can bring up in a lot of people. And I want to like prephrase this by saying me, me and my hometown have, we don't have a love-hate relationship. We have, so for a while, I never really felt like it was, I felt like it was home, but I didn't really have anything there that made me feel like, like it felt home in the sense that I had my family there and I had like, like I really just had my family there, but I didn't have a massive friendship group in Scarborough. Like I didn't really know many people in my hometown. So it more didn't feel like, you know, those people and they go back and they have like massive trips to the pub with their home friendship group. And it's like a massive like social experience as well for them. For me, it was never really like that going home. And then the pandemic hit. And I think that right backtracking, I think that was because my school wasn't where I lived. So none of my friends live where I lived. Um, And I also like lived really far away from everyone else. So it just meant that I didn't really have that social aspect, which meant that Scarborough to me wasn't, I don't know, I didn't love it. I really didn't love it. I felt I felt out of place. I think that's the only way I can describe it. I felt really out of place because I didn't feel like it was somewhere that I belonged because I didn't really know anyone there. I, I always felt like I was on the outskirts, like kind of looking in. Like I was like an anonymous person in Scarborough. And I still am, not going to lie, guys. Like I am still an anonymous person. But then like the lockdown hit and I started to make more friends in my hometown and like I became friends with like a lot more people there and my perception of Scarborough changed drastically because now all of a sudden I was realizing how good all of the good parts were of it you know like I was starting to realize how important and how beautiful and how many things there were to do and these were all things that I'd never really been aware of before because I'd always just focused on kind of like what I didn't have there but I never really, despite all of these things, like I never really, there wasn't a solid reason the coming years why I didn't really like going home. Like there wasn't like a solid reason because now I had this friendship group that was there and I always thought it was that. I always thought it was because I didn't really know many people there and I felt on the outskirts. And then as the years progressed, I realised, this was mainly during the second lockdown type period of time, I realised that 
I still didn't love going home and it wasn't because I didn't have a good relationship with my family. It wasn't because I didn't love seeing like my boyfriend and seeing my friends. Like it was nothing to do with that. I still had a slight uncomfortable feeling around going back to Scarborough itself as a place. Like it was nothing to do with the people and it was everything to do with the place that it was. And I didn't really know why. And I'd kind of always had this feeling of feeling like I didn't really want to go there. And I had the same feeling when I went to... When I went to the town that me and my ex like kind of like grew up in together, like because he lived there and I didn't live there. So kind of like all my memories of this one place are associated with him there. And I went back there with Louis, like, I don't know, maybe like a year or so ago. I don't remember why we went. Oh, we were going for some food or something. I don't know. I can't remember. We went anyway. And I spent the entire time just feeling really, really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And now that town is like off limits for me. And it's not because I'm scared of bumping into anyone. It's not because I don't want to see anyone there. It's genuinely because I just feel so uncomfortable in that town. I feel so uncomfortable that it makes me feel sick. Like, I'm walking around and I'm just like, I don't want to be here. I don't belong here. I don't, I don't, I just don't want to be here anymore. And it's taken me a while. It took me until reading the last page of this book. If you watch my TikTok video on this, then you'll know what book I'm re- talking about. But you guys know how I was reading Case Study by Graham McCratt. Um, and it's a study, it's kind of like a, I don't know how to describe it, it's really good, trigger warning, it talks about mental health and suicide, um, so just letting you know about that, but, um, the book itself talks about kind of just dealing with the human psyche, and I can't describe it very well, I feel like you just need to google it, because it's quite like, it's a very unique book, because it's told through different ways, so like, there's, it's about this woman's experiences of this therapist and she thinks that the therapist convinced her sister to kill herself and so she becomes a patient of the therapist and documents her experiences as kind of like proof that this is how this therapist works and he pushes people to do these things but it's told through so the diaries that you're reading are her own diaries like this woman kept diaries and you're reading them and it's intercepted with so the author writes like kind of like an autobiography tells the life of the therapist that you're reading about so you find out more and more about the therapist as you're reading these diaries that follow her kind of narrative with this um therapist and it's a really really brilliant book would definitely recommend reading it. it's really interesting I haven't read a book like that before and it was really good but on the last page of the book this is going to distort the sound I am sorry I just need to there we go. Um, on the last page of the book, it kind of said something that made me like, I was like, this is it. This is the reason why I don't like going home. This has been the thing that I've struggled to put into words for so long. And so here we go. Um, this is taken from, although this is taken from the last page of the book, it doesn't actually spoil any of the book for you. Um, and it's taken from Braithwaite's final, um, it's fi- his final book that he wrote. And it says, it's from, so it's from his book, Myself and Other Strangers, which is the final book he read. And it, the end of that book that he wrote ends with, I had spent my entire life hating Darlington. <clears throat> I hated the red brick terraces. I hated the cobbled lanes and the stinking pubs. I hated the toffs of Cockerton and the vulgar mob of workers streaming outside Paytons and Baldwins. I hated the munificent Joseph Peace looking down from his plinth on High Row. I hated the chummy nickname Darlow. Darlow was not my friend. Darlow was my enemy. It is only now, in returning here, that I understand that my hatred of Darlington was misplaced. Darlington is no better or worse than anywhere else. I hated Darlington only because it is where I come from. It is not Darlington I hate, but myself. It is myself from which I have tried and failed to escape. 
And I think this is it. This is why I find it so hard to return back to that town. And this is why I struggled for so long to return back to my hometown. Because the versions of me that I was there are versions of me that I'm not anymore. And I find it really hard to see... To kind of see these two, I find I just find it really hard to comprehend myself in these new situations because I've grown so much. I find it so hard to comprehend this new version of me when past versions of me spent so much time. And I think my hometown kind of, that's why going through the breakup at home and going through lockdown was such a fundamental kind of like cornerstone experience in changing my perception of where I lived. Because all of a sudden I was changing my hometown from this place where I didn't really feel like I didn't belong. I didn't really feel welcome there. I didn't really feel like it was like, I don't know, not welcome. That's like, it was nothing like anyone else. I just didn't know that many people there. Like I didn't feel that connected to it as a place. And now I'd kind of, I'd fallen in love with it on my own. I'd fallen in love with different parts of it. I'd created new memories there. I'd kind of fallen in love with myself whilst I was there. And it made my hometown take on a whole new meaning. No longer was it this place that I didn't really feel like I belonged. No longer was it this place that I didn't feel like I was part of. I made it into something for me that was a foundation for so many aspects of my life. Like that year, when I went through that breakup, that was hands down the most influential year I think I've ever had in my entire life. I think that was the year where everything changed. Everything changed. That was the year so many seeds were planted that are kind of like flourishing now that I would never have dreamed of if I hadn't have gone through that. Like, who knows what path I'd have been on, guys? Like, who knows? I wouldn't have had the podcast. No way would I have had the podcast. I don't, honestly, I don't know where I'd have been. And I think it's interesting that it's not, it's not the place itself, it's the version of you that you hate when you're there. And I think this definitely goes for that town where I spent a lot of time with my exes that I don't feel, in that town, I didn't like who I was then. I didn't like that period of my life. I don't like that period of my life. And when I go back to these places, it makes me feel really, really overwhelmed and kind of just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I back here? It makes me feel a bit sick because I don't really want to be back there and I'm not sure why I am back there. And it makes me question a lot of things about myself. And when I do go back there, when I'm removed from these places, so when I am removed, I feel like I've changed so much and I feel like so many things in my life have changed. I feel so different and I feel like a completely different person. But you could place me right back into that town and I'm like, nothing has changed. I'm the exact same person as I was before nothing has changed and the overwhelming anxiety it gives me is ridiculous I think that's the thing that's why I get so anxious in these places that's why I feel so overwhelmed because I just I think that I haven't changed I think these things I've worked so hard to grow on aren't true anymore because I go back there and I feel the same and it's really hard to comprehend but it's really important to realize that when you go back to these places you are not that person anymore And I think as we go into the Christmas period, so many of us are returning home and it can be really tricky to be returning to these places which we associate with versions of ourselves that aren't us anymore, with versions of ourselves that don't align with who we are now currently. And this is why it's really important that you realise that just because you're going back to a place where you're a version of you that you don't love, you're a version of you that you don't associate with anymore, you're a version of you that 
When I say a version of you that you don't love, I mean, not that you don't like yourself, but like, you don't like that version of you when you were then. You prefer yourself now. Just because you're going back to that place doesn't mean you are returning to that version of you that you've tried so hard to grow from. Because this is the thing that put me off going home for so long. Because I didn't want to go back there because I felt like I was taking a step back. It was almost like I needed to shut the door completely to think that I would have to change. But in reality... What I've slowly come to realise is by ignoring the issue, by never by never going back to these places that had a massive impact on us but we don't feel comfortable anymore, it's almost like, like I feel like when I'm this new version of myself that I've worked so hard on and I've done so many different things and I've tried so hard to become this person that I'm really, really proud of, by going back into these places of my life, these chapters of my life and revisiting them when I feel so much better, it's almost like ending them and being like, that is over now. Like, I feel like in a weird way, I was avoiding visiting these places and I was avoiding going home and I was avoiding it because I just didn't like the version of myself when I was there. And I was like, I don't even want to be reminded of it anymore. But by revisiting these places in your new headspace, in your new frame of mind, it can be really, really healing because it starts to kind of close that chapter it closes the door because it's kind of like a full circle moment of you left it so unhappy and now you're re-entering it and you're in such a better headspace and you kind of reflect on everything that happened and it just feels like a kind of, this is it. And it's okay to feel anxious whilst you're there. It's okay to not enjoy it. You don't have to stay for ages, but just even just thinking about it, even just thinking about going back to these places, even just playing the scenario around in your head. I don't want to go to that town anymore. I don't want to go back there. It makes me feel really anxious and I didn't enjoy the experience. But facing my fears of going to that place is important. And I know it's important. And I know it's important because it makes me realise how much has changed in my life. And it really does highlight to you how much you have grown. And it makes you realise that your worst fears, this worst fear that you are never going to be this new person again, that you're going to go back to all those places that you were before, that it's going to be like a really like kind of backwards experience you realize they don't come true and it's also kind of now when I look back on it and I'm thinking that when I'm thinking of that place I'm no longer thinking of the me that was there when I was so upset I'm no longer thinking of the me that I don't like I'm thinking of the me that revisited it with Louis and I was so much happier then and in a way that was a very healing experience so I think I think the point of this podcast episode really is to make you realize that Going home can be really hard and going back to these places that we associate with our childhood selves can be really, really triggering in the way that it can make you feel like you've not, you, it, it can make you feel like you've not grown at all. It can make you feel like a thousand billion trillion steps in the wrong direction. But just because you're revisiting a part of your life, like just because you're revisiting a place that played such a big part of your life when you were so much younger, doesn't diminish everything that you've done since you left. It doesn't make it so that everything you've worked so hard on just evaporates just like that. When you go back there, you are still going to be the same person, I promise. I promise you are. And it feels so overwhelming at some point. And it makes you kind of face your fears of going there and realising that nothing has changed. And it's hard when you go back because in some senses, nothing has changed. You stay in the same bedroom. You see the same people. You see the same people doing the same things. You see the same pubs open. Everything stays very constant. And I think it's hard, especially because this period of our life is moving so fast. But for other people's generation, like for other people's periods of their lives it's moving slower and it can make you feel like all of a sudden life is stopping and slowing down but it's just different 
And there's beauty in that difference. There's a beauty in that calming down. There's a beauty in not running so fast. This is why I think going home and having that break and having that changing of time periods is so important. Because I know when I've been in London, I've been running at a thousand billion trillion miles an hour. And it's been great. And I've loved every second of it. But having these few days on my own has made me realise how much work I am doing at the moment and how much studying and how much trying to fit everything in and cram everything in. Like I'm literally recording this podcast at 10 to 11 on a Tuesday night because I know I have such a busy week coming up. But this is why it's important to go back to these places where we do feel calmer, where we do feel slower, where the time frame is different. And it doesn't mean you're going back. It doesn't mean you're going back in time. You will still be you when you go there. And I think it's really important to try and rephrase those things that you don't really want to do because you're scared about going back to these places because they remind you of a version of yourself that you don't really like is to try and see it like a full circle moment. Try and see it like the end of a chapter. Try and see that every time you go back, you're healing that part of yourself that was so hurt then. Because by facing up to these things, sometimes I do this thing. Maybe this is weird. I'm going to share it anyway. I do this thing where I think about things that make me really sad. Not in like a... I think about like, I don't know, not like a weird, like maybe it is weird. I don't know. Like I think about things or situations that make me like that I have a lot of anxiety from and I'll think about it and I'll feel that anxiety. Almost like give myself exposure therapy. I think about it and I feel that anxiety and I just kind of think about why do I feel that anxiety? What about that situation is making me feel anxious And the more and more I do it, the less and less anxious about a situation I have. Like, I find that that method works really well. If I've ever embarrassed myself, I feel like I've been really cringe or like I've done something and I'm like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Like I want to crawl on the ball and die. I make myself think about it. And slowly and slowly and slowly, I realise it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. And the feeling of being that embarrassed, anxious mess doesn't consume me anymore. And I think that's something that I would recommend for doing something. That's how I would try and like frame this experience that you're going to do right now. You're going home. You associate being home with a version of yourself that you don't love or that you don't have a lot of compassion for. Uh, maybe that's the wrong words. A version of yourself that you don't associate with anymore. I think that's the best way of phrasing it because it doesn't always mean negative things. It can just mean that you don't really relate to them anymore. They're not who you are anymore. But by going back to those versions of ourselves that we were, by revisiting these places that we once were, we get to know that versions of ourselves that we kind of left behind. And I think when you come back to these places with a fresh set of eyes, with a fresh headspace, and you go back to who you were then, you can really reflect on who you were and why you were that way. You can gain a clearer understanding of the feelings that you had and the relationships that you had and the worries that you had and just your mindset as a whole. And I think revisiting, that's why revisiting and going home or not necessarily home, but revisiting these places that we associate with versions of ourselves that we have outgrown is so important. Because it lets you have that clarity about a situation that could dominate your headspace, which really doesn't need to. It gives you that breathing room to see what actually happened. Why did I feel that certain way? What was going on in my head when I was here? And I think if you can try and frame these times where like, returning back to that town made me feel sick. But I'm reframing it into thinking, no, you know what? I was really struggling here. And I have compassion for myself for feeling anxious about going there because I think in my head that I'm placing myself in a place of danger, but I'm not in danger anymore. I am okay. I'm enough. I'm worthy. I've healed. I am good enough. 
And when you return back to it and you feel that inner child feeling so anxious and feeling so worried, you can soothe them with the logical kind of argument that you now have because you've grown so much that you know what the logical argument is. And then all of a sudden your anxiety about being in that place doesn't exist anymore. It might not go away straight away, it might not go away overnight, but eventually the more and more you revisit this thought process, that'll be what becomes kind of the dominant thought process in your head. No longer will your mind kind of jump to this anxiety-induced panic, but it will realise that that's the thought process that you want to have, that's the thought process that is true, that's the thought process that is logical, it'll become habitual. And that's why I think returning home, returning to these versions of ourselves that we tried so hard to outgrow is so important because it's by returning to these places, returning to these people that you heal that version of you that has left a little bit of scarring. And I think it's important. So anyway, on to your questions from this week's podcast. I have never been more grateful that I pre-recorded the podcast because two days later I've been hit with some awful, terrible flu blog. Flu blog? My head is so sore. Oh my god, I forgot I've got Vaseline all over my face because I've got dry skin. God, I am not thriving right now, guys. I'm really not thriving. But so I put a question. Oh my god. <coughs> Sorry. Right. So I put a question box on my Instagram story. And then I was so like, oh my god, no one's asked me anything. This never happens. And I was really sad about it. And then I got a message from one of you guys being like, your question box isn't working. And then I put one up and you all asked questions and I felt so much better about life because I was so upset. I was like, oh, no one listens to the podcast anymore. Why do I even ask these things? Maybe I should just stop with the question time thing. And it's actually ended up working out very well. Okay, so I haven't actually looked at any of these questions. Sometimes I look beforehand. I haven't looked at any and we've got quite a lot this time. So we're just going to do as many as I can before I think my voice is going to die. I've literally, I know we're not meant to do a life update at this point, but I've woken up and I had a lecture at half nine and I just haven't gone because I've just done work in my bed and I have to write a stats report. Progress though, from when I was crying about stator last time, I've now written the report. It is two pages too long, but I'm going to cut. I need to cut half of it out, but that's okay. We're not stressed about that at all. We're not stressing anymore. Okay, first question. How do you balance friends in your relationship? So I find this relatively easy because um, I'm long distance, So when I'm at home, like when I'm in London, I'm just me, really. And when I'm then with my boyfriend, I'm kind of just seeing him. But um, actually, I say I find this relatively easy. I find it easier because we are long distance, which means we have that separation between each other, which means that kind of like I do have my own friends here and he has his own friends there. But what I've also find with balancing friends in my relationship is that my friends in London, like my housemates, get along really, really, really well with my boyfriend. And I've made it so that we've really like... Like we haven't done loads and loads of stuff on our own. We've always done things together. So when he comes, like we all make breakfast together or we'll all go to the pub together. We'll all drink together. Like we'll all do events together and like things. And I think that's made it so that when he does come up, it doesn't feel like I'm fully away from him from like a full weekend because we'll all do things together that entire week. Like he's coming up this weekend and he's coming up early and I'm not home and he's just going to hang out with my housemates until I get back. And it's really nice that everything's got that comfortable between us all now because it just makes it so much easier. And I think it makes it so much easier to balance your friends with your relationship when you integrate the two. I think that's really how you balance it is the when I'm at home, like obviously I have my best mate at home and as soon as I start getting with Louis, um, getting with sounds so like childish, like as soon as we started dating, I introduced them both because I was like, well, 
like, I want you to know, like, I want you to meet my friends. I want my friends to like you. If my friends don't like you, I'm not gonna, like, do you know what I mean? My friend's opinion of you really matters to me. Um, and now they're like best mates. Like they have their own little friendship, like removed from me. Like they'll text and everything. Like, do you know what I mean? So I think that's the best way to balance it is to integrate it all. So it never feels like you're doing one without the other. And I think also prioritizing one-on-one time is important. So I'll make sure that I'll go like, like obviously when I'm in the house on my own, it's a bit different, but at home is a good example because we're not long distance anymore at home, but I'll make sure that I'll do stuff with just my friends one day a week and then like make sure that we do things all together and then spend time with my boyfriend as well. I think that's the thing. That's how you balance it is doing one-on-one a bit, but also having it all together because it's really, really fun, really fun. And also having clear communication. Like I know if my mates, if they felt like I wasn't seeing a lot of them, they could just tell me and I'd be like, okay, cool. Like I would feel, they would feel comfortable enough to tell me because I would feel comfortable enough. I would feel comfortable enough to tell them. So I think that's really important. Having clear communication with your friends, but also integrating it all together. Like, I find it weird when people are like, my friends have never met my boyfriend. Like, why? They're meant to be your best mates all together or don't you want them all to meet? I want them all to meet anyway. Best tips to maintain discipline within your daily routine and life in general. I really... So, (laughs) I think it's working out what works for you. And also, I think discipline... Like, sometimes you can't have it to the same standard all the time. For example, this week, working out-wise... I have felt so cold and ill when I've woken up that I've been like, I can't get out of bed and do a workout now. But by the time it gets to 12, I can. And so I've kind of changed my routine to fit my mental state right now or like my headspace right now. And my headspace right now is ill and feeling sorry for myself. So I'll do work all morning, get out of bed around 12, do a workout and then get dressed. And I think that's still being disciplined because I'm still doing the things I need to do, but I'm just manipulating my routine to fit my mindset right now. And I think sometimes we get like caught in the trap that we think we can't change our routine the routine has to stay the same every single day and if you break from that routine then it breaks from the discipline then you're not doing it as well like I still woke up early today I was up by eight and I was working by half eight but I just worked from bed because I knew that I'd get more done working from bed and that's been important for me do you have any practical tips for someone who struggles to get out of hometown struggles to get out in one minute let me read this again do you have any practical tips for someone who struggles to go out in their hometown fear of judgment I think realizing that no one thinks about you as much as you think they think about you like you are only the center of your own world everyone else has so much shit going on that they're really not thinking about you as much as you think they are thinking about you and if they are thinking about you it's literally for the briefest period of time you can ever imagine I think Going out in your hometown for fear of judgment, like avoiding going out is silly because no one knows who you are. Do you know what I mean? You cannot tell me that every single person in your town knows who you are. And and what would they judge you for, for being outside? Do you know what I mean? I think you've really got to question why are you scared of feeling judged for going outside? I think that is the practical tips of like question like why why am I feeling like this and logically reasoning with yourself that you don't need to feel that way and I felt like it before I'm not saying that it's like it's not a silly way to feel because it's a valid way of feeling I felt it before but you've really got to be strong in questioning why you feel that certain way and trying to make it so that your brain realizes that you're listening with your emotions not with your head your head is the logical side of you and your emotions are telling you that you need to be anxious about this experience, that it's going to be really terrible and you're going to get, like, everyone's going to judge you and everything. But then you have to logically argue against that and realise, like, reason to yourself that I am not the centre of everyone else's world. Everyone has so much other stuff going on. I'm literally just a blip. Literally just a blip. It's really, like, you are not 
not saying you're not important, but you are not as important to these random strangers as you think you are. And that really helped me kind of reason with the fear of judgment thing. And also I think doing little things and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone for practical tips, if you are finding it really hard and you are finding the social anxiety really bad, I tend to find like doing little state, like little baby steps. And so I would start by going out for coffee on my own. And then I'd go out for lunch on my own. And then I'd go out for lunch and shopping on my own. And then I might go out for dinner on my own. And then I might go out for like a full day on my own. Do you know what I mean? It's like building up this idea in your head of what being alone is like from doing these little baby steps. And the more you have these little baby step kind of like narratives, the more you are able to reason the logical side of your head that no one is judging you. You'll go out for coffee. You'll realise nothing happened. Nothing happened. You literally went for a coffee and you came back and you didn't get thousands of messages being like, how dare you go out for coffee? How could you do this? You won't get that. And then as soon as you won't get that, the next time you want to go out for coffee and you're feeling scared of being judged for going out for coffee, you'll remember that you didn't get judged last time, so you won't get judged this time and you'll go out again. And it will all just constantly reaffirm this thought process in your head that you will not get judged for going in your hometown, like going outside. I think hometowns can be really small and they can feel very claustrophobic and they can feel like everyone's looking at you and everyone's judging you because there's not like as infinite as many people as there are in cities. In cities, you are basically anonymous because there are so many people. But you have also got to remember that despite there not being as many people, there is still a lot of people and everyone has as much going on in their life as you have going on in your life. If you think about how much you judge other people, like you barely think about them. You barely think about them. So I think that's it. You've got to be really logical in your thought process of it. Why don't you write down... I might do an episode on this because I feel like I have quite a lot to say. I've been talking about this for a while. But when you are getting yourself into this like negative mindset about it, sit down with a piece of paper and write down the situation and write down the logical response to it. So I am scared of going outside. Why are you scared of going outside? I'm scared of going outside because I'm scared of being judged. Why do you think you're going to be judged? List the reasons why you think you're going to be judged. And with each of them, draw an arrow from it and write a logical reason as to why you think this will happen. And I'm pretty sure you'll realise that this won't happen. Because you'll realise, like, oh, they'll judge me for the clothes that I'm wearing. And then write the logical argument as to why they won't. Because you're not the only person outside wearing clothes. Do you know what I mean? Because you are not the only person going outside in your hometown. Because everyone else has other shit going on in their lives. Do you know what I mean? You'll start to realise that these worries that you have are not dominating other people's lives. They're only dominating yours. So it's, it's silly to let it control you. How do you stop overthinking things you have said? I think this links quite nicely to the one I've just said, is realising that... But I really struggle with it. Like, I really struggle with overthinking massively. I said something the other day and it honestly tore me up for, like, days. But I think, first things first, if you've said something and you think you've offended someone, just apologise. I think if you're overthinking, you're like, I'm really worried that I've really offended them, just apologise. Just send them a message saying, look, I'm really sorry if I said something out of line. I didn't mean to offend you. Um, Oh, sorry. I really need to remember to turn this off. But kind of realising that you can say sorry and they can then tell you whether you have offended them or not and if you have offended them then you can sort it if you haven't offended them then you're fine and that can be a really good way of stopping overthinking it's just sometimes I think overthinking can run away with itself and so I think it's important to sometimes just nip it in the bud and just ask have I offended you if they say yes then you can sort it if they say no then you don't need to sort it also just having conversations with people or writing it down I think overthinking is again you're really needing to logically reason with that voice inside your head that tells you that you are needing to worry and the what's going on is terrible and you've said a terrible thing but by writing out what you said and writing out the logical reason as to would that offend someone are they still going to be thinking about it then you can kind of argue it in your head a bit as well. And I think that's important. 
What are you planning on doing after your master's? <laughs> I don't know. I dream situation. I want to travel again in September. I want to go to India or Nepal. Um, but I really want to travel again for a month in September. And then I want to... So I'll finish in August, travel for a month in September, start working again October. Um, and I think I want to work in London. I think I'll stay here for another year or at least another like period of time because I think I'll make so many connections at uni that hopefully I'll get a job through those connections and then hopefully I'll do something like that. But honestly, after that, I don't really know. I think I can see... I'd really like to live in London for a year just working to be able to have money to do the nice things to be able to have evenings free to be able to like experience London on a wage because experiencing it as a student is great but like you're very limited in what you're able to do because obviously like financially you don't have an income and like studying wise I'm spending a lot of time studying (coughs) and so I think that's what I'd really like to do I think what I get a job in I don't know I'm really interested in the effect of climate change on infectious diseases and how the altering of the climate is going to affect it, like affect the spread of diseases. I'm really interested in that. So maybe something in that, you never know. I would like to go into that field. Um, but yeah, we'll see. And then hopefully if the podcast comes into something, that would be really cool. I would like maybe You've Got Mail to be big by next year. Maybe, maybe it could be. I think it could be. Like, I'd like it to be significant. It is significant now, but like ultra significant. I have all these goals in my head of, where I want it to be and like how many people I want listening and how many followers and like kind of like standing on its own and I would like to have achieved all those goals by this time next year that would be the dream I think I think yeah okay so if you can hear me tapping it's because the screen keeps locking um what are some of the things what are some of the best things you've done for your mental health I think this also links to the previous question about routine and discipline is for my mental health realizing that my life doesn't have to be a routine realizing that what is going to benefit me more benefiting me more today has been staying in bed and doing a workout later on and that is what's benefited me I think the things that have helped me most with my mental health is having those quieter kind of periods where I listen to how I'm feeling sometimes I can go on robot mode and I can think I need to do all these things and I can feel really overwhelmed with it and that is where my mental health gets really really bad it's because I get so overwhelmed with everything that's going on and I find that really really tricky and so I think this is what makes my head feel better is that when I listen to how I'm feeling and prioritize how I'm feeling so then I feel better so then it doesn't last for as long I've also found reading to be a really good thing to help me switch off I journal every night before I go to bed, which helps me clear my head. And I downloaded Calm and that's been really helping me get to sleep recently because I really struggle with sleeping. I find myself scrolling for hours and hours and I find myself thinking about so many different things and I find myself like planning podcast episodes and planning essays and it gets really overwhelming. And so Calm has been a really good addition to that kind of nighttime routine of I know once the story goes on, I'm listening to that and I'm falling asleep. And that's been a really good addition because you don't realise how important sleep is for your mental health. It's when you sleep that your brain clears itself of all of the toxic chemicals, all of the toxic... It's how it processes emotions. So if you're not getting enough sleep, you're not processing your emotions, which means you're waking up still feeling kind of in that mental health anxiety state. And so sleep has been a really important thing for me to prioritise and having a better sleeping routine has helped me do that. Um, What other questions were there? Being confident around people who intimidate you. I think... When people intimidate me or when I feel like a bit on edge around them, then I just start to think of like all the things that I've done and why I think I'm a good person and like the things that I've achieved and the things that I'm proud of. And I try and like recenter myself and thinking like, 
I don't need to be intimidated by you. It's great that you've got this powerful character. It's great that you're so confident. It's great that you've got all of these these things going on. But that doesn't make me any less, like, any more insignificant. Do you know any more? That was a weird way of wording it. That doesn't make my achievements insignificant. Like, I am also... I'm really proud of myself. I'm proud of what I've accomplished. I'm proud of what I've done. And I think it's making these people not dim your light anymore. It's acknowledging their presence and kind of seeing them for all that they are, but then also realising that I kind of imagine it sometimes like I have a bubble around me and that they can't get inside my bubble. Like, my bubble is still me. Like, I am always me with them there, without me there. And I try and, like, remember how I am when I'm feeling my most confident, best self and realise that that person is still me, that regardless of the people around me, I will always still remain true to myself and remain proud of what I've done and I won't let other people intimidate me in that way and that's been helpful as kind of like visualizing like an almost bubble of like around myself that people can't penetrate like no matter what you say no matter what you do no matter what you work you've done no matter what career path you've had I will be really interested I'll be really amazed I'll be like inquisitive like I want to know about what you've done and I'm impressed and I'm proud of you but that doesn't make me feel shit because I'm still me, like, what you've done has no implication on what I've done, and it's something that, like, I'm not good at it, it happens all the time, and I really trip up a lot, but having that thought process in my head of remembering that what you've done has no implication on what I've done, if anything, why have you crossed my path, because that's interesting, is this to teach me something, is this to show me something, is this to light a spark inside me, like, why have you crossed my path, if I'm intimidated by you, it probably means I've done, you've done something that I want to do, so try and shifting it as well in your head from being like, I'm not intimidated by you because you've done things I want to do. What an incredible opportunity this is to learn from someone who's done it. Like, this is a blessing. This is why this has happened. It's not a curse to make you feel shit. It's an opportunity to make you realise how you're going to get to a position in your life that you want to get to. And it doesn't have to be academically or career-wise. It could even be they're a really confident person. And so you watch how they interact with people and you're like, I want to be like that. That's why they crossed my path. It wasn't to make me feel shit about being less confident. It was to make me realise how much I want that. And that's kind of how I change it in my head, which I think has been helpful. Oh my God, this has been 20 minutes. I'm so sorry. Anyway, onto the new things that I've done this week that I recorded two days ago. It's like time travelling, isn't it? Okay, onto the new things that I've done this week, guys. Mainly the new thing I've done is bought Calm. And this is, again, my little plug for buying Calm. It's great and I'm loving every second of it. Also... I haven't mentioned it on here, but I have... So this company, Dematica, got in contact with me about doing like a skincare kind of thing where basically if I use their skincare and I tell people about it, then they'll send it to me for free. And so, guys, that was for full transparency. I want you guys to know everything. I feel like I'd be weird if I was just like promoting it without letting you know, but that I got it for free. But... It's a personalised skincare thing, and I've always wanted to try these. And so I did my whole, like, checkup thing and everything, and I've been using it for two weeks now. I wanted to give it a bit of time before I told you guys about it because I wanted to check that it was actually good. It is so good. My skin hasn't looked this good in ages. Like, it genuinely hasn't looked this good. My spots have all nearly disappeared. It's been brilliant, and I honestly couldn't re recommend it enough. And the fact that it's personalised to your own skin tone, because, not skin tone, your own skin type, because I, sorry, I need to move my legs, I've got cramp, because I initially said that I had, um, I was just struggling with, like, glow, and then they were like, <laughs> no, lol, you've got spots, and we're going to help you sort them. And I was like, okay, thank you. Um, and it's going great. You get, like, this one-chew bottle 
and you get one each month and it's just a personalized thing so I think mine's got cyclist something in niacinamide and another thing and I just use it morning and night and that's the only serums that I use it's really 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 good when you think about how much money and this is the thing with skincare I kind of use it a bit like an experiment sometimes I forget it's my own face I'm experimenting on and then I end up coming out in like these massive spots and it's really bad but this has been a game changer. If you, like, you don't have to use it. If you're interested in using it, you can use my code. And you can get, like, 10% off in your first order for three quid. Like, you get, and that included in that is unlimited consultations with dermatologists. You get a checkup consultation where they read to you, like, they, you send your photos in. They assess your skin tone, your skin. I see it saying skin tone. I mean skin type. They assess your skin type. They make the personalized bottle for you. Even if you just try it for a month for three quid, it's so worth it. The link's in my... I'm going to include the link below because I think you guys will like it, to be honest. I am really liking it and couldn't recommend it enough. But yeah, that and Calm. I'm also about to start a new book called... What's it called? Ali Smith, How to Be Both. It says it brims with palpable joy. I think I need that. I need that right now. I'll read you the blurb. Uh, a renaissance artist of the 1460s a child of a child of the 1960s two tales of love and injustice twist into a singular yarn where time gets timeless knowing gets mysterious fiction gets real and all lives given all lives get given a second chance i'm excited about it it's written in a really cool way and i don't know much about it i just know it's got really good reviews it was um shortlisted for loads and loads and loads of awards so yeah I'm excited to read it and I will let you know what it says, what what it's like. I finished, oh my God, I finished, Um, what's it called? Storyteller. I finished it. It was brilliant. I think I told you guys about this. I can't remember when I had a bath because I finished it then. It was incredible. Couldn't recommend it enough. But anyway, I hope you're all having a lovely week. Make sure you are following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod. And I will be back with you on Christmas day or boxing day i don't know whatever day next sunday is okay anyway i hope you're having a great week and i'll speak to you soon bye oh final thing two final things actually i said bye a bit eagerly first off if you can give me a little rating if you can share the podcast with one person guys i really really want to reach like 500 listeners before the end of the year it's a tough ask but i believe it can happen also i want to make merch and I mentioned this the last podcast episode, and there was some interest. If you are interested in merch, (laughs) because I'm going to make some for myself, and I will make it for you as well, we can all just be, I was thinking like stickers, they would be so cute, like little stickers on all of our laptops, just spreading you've got mail around the world. I'm going to post it to you, and you can all stick the stickers everywhere, and world domination of the podcast. (laughs) Can you imagine? It's on the news, you've got mail is everywhere. That would be incredible. But no. Anyway, if you are interested, reply. I'm going to do like a little story today on my Instagram or something. Or reply to the Spotify message. There is a Spotify message question that you can reply to. Reply to it if you are interested, please. So I don't just spend loads of money on merch that no one wants. But anyway, I hope you have a lovely week. And I promise this is the end now. Speak to you soon. Bye.